for our beer of the week. Yes. Sky rockets in flight. Afternoon delight. Whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus, let us drink beer. You're listening to the Go to Hell Podcast. Strong opinions, weekly held. I'm Tim Curley. Eight beers in on a Friday. I'm joined by my co-host, Colton Pierce. Colton, how many beers have you had? One, two, three, four. This is my fourth beer. You've had four beers. You're going to need to lean into the mic. We're sharing a mic tonight. We oh, sorry. My bad. Yes, I've had four, four beers. beers. I have not actually had eight beers, although I probably sound like it. I have like four. I, I, we, have a, we have a local brewery where we're at. I think we've explained this maybe like two weeks ago. We talked about there's a local brewery where it's we're It's our at. cheers. It's our cheers. Where I'm Norm, Norm Peterson. Uh, I'm Cliff. <laughs> Tim's Cliff Clavin. You walk in, you order a beer. You don't have to. You don't put your name down. They just start a tab. Yeah, and, and who knows if we ever pay it, right? Yeah. Uh, Sam slides the bar, the <laughs> beer, all the way around the corner to us. Uh, as long as he's got his lucky bottle cap with him. Um, that's a deep cut. Cheers, episode, so, by the way. Shout out to Kawia Brewing, oh, yeah. our local brewery. They're our local watering hole. We're there every weekend, pretty much. And yeah, we had Slauncher's and... Slauncher, just so you guys know, Slauncher is a phenomenal beer that can range from anywhere from 9 to 12%. Correct. Um, for those of you that are like, holy hell, how does is it that inconsistent? We ask ourselves that question every yes. week. We call it the Julian scale. It's an inside joke. but uh, And then, so we had, uh, well, Colton had Slauncher's. I had... I had, I had a slauncher, and I had a slauncher, and I had a ligma, which is a hazy a ligma IPA. What? Uh, what is ligma? <laughs> it is an hazy IPA. I don't know anything else other than that. And then uh, I had, uh, along with my wife, we had uh, a ditches and hose. Ditches and hose, nice. Which is a peach sour. And now we have moved on in the evening. Rubbing sticks and stones together make a sparks ignite. And the thought of loving you is getting so exciting. Sky rockets in flight. Woo! Afternoon delight. Whoop. You guys have it, I think. Huh. Afternoon delight. So we're now we're drinking Stone Delicious IPA. A very sneaky 7.7 alcohol. A delicious IPA. Actually, I gotta send you um, Stone. I, I'm in uh, Stones. Also, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a guest uh, this evening. Um, so everybody, be ready to. Oh hell yes! Everybody, be ready to rock and roll. He hasn't arrived yet, but when he's here, we'll pull up a chair. We'll edit it out to where you don't have to hear him fumble through his words. Um, Maybe we'll have a hamburger before we before we uh, bring him on. This is awesome. Yeah. Guest number two. Guest number and two. And I have he's got no idea what he's getting himself into because no, no frankly, uh, 
you and I really don't know what we're getting ourselves into. It's a loaded, it's a loaded debate. So yeah, but I, I think we should give a little bit of background. Um, so the the guy that we're gonna be bringing on, um, this was one of my best friends. Um, when I I I've talked about on this podcast before that I've I've lived in a couple of places, and um, when I moved to Tulare, which is where we live now, um, or we live in the area, I guess both of us don't really live in Tulare now, but uh, where we live. Uh, the Visalia Tulare Metroplex. Yeah, exactly. Um, we we moved in here, and uh, Nolan has been my best friend uh, since I was in the seventh grade, um, and we're excited to have him on this evening. So um, we'll let him kind of introduce himself. Um, so yeah. So what are we drinking here, Nolan? Uh, it's a light beer. Uh, <laughs> oh, light beer, huh? It's like, it's like a craft It's light an L I T E light beer, which is the opposite of a light beer. Yeah, well, it's it's a craft light beer uh, made by Dust Bowl Brewing Company. Hey, we're trying to get Dust Bowl to sponsor us, and I feel like they would be offended if you would like call it. Right, let's go beer. all we're in. Joking. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the Mega IPA. Mega uh, IPA, huh? Uh, yeah, just it's like 14, 45 percent alcohol. <laughs> it's wine. Yeah, <laughs> it's a cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> the we had had this beer. So you know, what? I could grab if I really want to catch up. I go grab a pint glass. You should get a pint glass. Go get down real quick. No, 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 don't down it. I was like, you can get another beer to to go with it. But uh, for those of you that are following along at home, we. Uh, me and Tim drank a thank you two thank you very much's which were also from Dust Bowl, and uh, we drank oh, those. Oh dear! And goodness, were we uh, we were not sober after that podcast. Were, were you tanked? Uh, we were deliciously impaired, uh, but we had also spent about maybe a month before that we were at uh, a local watering hole around here, and. Uh, I had ordered the Mega IPA that was on tap at a place, and uh, all three of us were there, and we all drank a sip of it. And Nolan's first words when he drank it was, "That is not a beer. That is a cocktail." <laughs> and I that has stuck with me to this day. <laughs> it is accurate. <laughs> well, there's a Coors Light out in the garage. You need it to, oh, it out. <laughs> to hydrate afterwards. <laughs> We do like our yellow and silver jackets as well. Yes, we do. Um, so, anyways, Tim, uh, what are we... Uh, what are? Do we have any cleanups on aisle five? We have tonight? no cleanups on aisle five tonight. Wow, no cleanups, even after last week's? I could bring up... Uh, uh, what was that dumbass thing I pointed out before we got on, the, got on air about... Uh, oh! Somebody somebody raised the question: Was Jesus the original conservative? We'll we'll save that for our uh, a, yeah, a later we have, podcast. We have a podcast coming up, which we're hoping to get our uh, lead pastor from our church on because we think that he would be very. Uh, again, if, uh, when it comes to anabaptism and distancing themselves from. Uh, the faith Anabaptists are pretty good as far, not distancing themselves from faith, distancing themselves from politics. As far as if you would like to know the people that are most distanced from politics, go look at Mennonites, um, which are the original Anabaptists. I'm going to be more much more crude about this. If you believe Jesus was an American, then you're a Mormon or you're wrong. So I, I just was more 
wanting you to go have Is a Mormon or moron? A Mormon. Oh, God. Uh, and I was, you're wrong. I was more talking about, like, if you ever have a conversation with some dicks. Like, uh... <laughs> Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> what is his name again? There's Anita Dick and... Noah Dick? No, Noah I, Dick. Dude, I know a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and Anita Dick. We have we already have a whiskey, and it, we're gonna recap it right now because we still haven't said what show it's from. But if somebody still hasn't gotten it, we're gonna say it right now because we still haven't released that episode. Is if you know what show that that is coming from right now, we will send you. Tim has planned on sending you a bottle of Eagle Rare whiskey for you to enjoy. That's like uh, a $75 bottle. <laughs> it is. It, it is. is. Yeah, so uh, we said we will send you a bottle of Eagle Rare Whiskey. First one we get. Nolan, first and we, we get. And we specifically said on the last podcast that Nolan and Eric don't count. They, <laughs> 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 well, that's just unnecessary. <laughs> what are we talking about this evening? Since we have no cleanup on aisle five, what are we talking about? So tonight we're talking about the Word of God, specifically Logos. We're talking about the Word of God or the Word of God's authority in our lives. We're talking about what is the Word of God? What is Logos that John's talking about? And I contend, and you can tell me I'm wrong, that too many many pastors and Christians, I'm not going to put a percentage on it, but too many, let's just say people, think that the Word of God is the Bible. And that's what it is. That's just what it is. And I say it's much bigger than that. Okay, so you said you bring up John. So do you want me to read the scripture? Yes, please John? read John 1. Okay, so we have John 1, the, the Word became flesh. Okay, so in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, important uh, phrasing there was, and the Word was God. Again, we've talked about kind of, um, we don't like to necessarily alienate um, on this podcast um, different religions and that kind of stuff. We want you to feel inclusive. Um, For those of you that are a part of the Mormon faith, this particular scripture, and for those of you that are Jehovah's Witness, there are, this particular scripture is not coinciding with yours again in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god he was in the beginning with god all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it it was man sent from god whose name was john and again, the John that they're talking about is not the John that writes this passage, but it's John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light that came to bear witness about the light. And the reason why they're giving this preface about John the Baptist is John the Baptist is going to um, start the book of John after this kind of intro. The true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, 
who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me, because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. And that is what we're talking about this evening. So in so chapter 1 of John, John's basically laying out the gospel right in one chapter. Right. It's almost kind of a preface for what he's going to be talking about. But he's laying it out. That's it. It's right. all right. Once you've read, every, once you know everything else, you can go back to one and you understand... Yeah, you almost kind of like, if you, if for those of you that have followed along or maybe you've read uh, Romeo and Juliet, right? Like you have that yeah, uh, yeah. that intro right before where they talk about, you know, two star-crossed lovers lose their life, right? Like this is what he's talking about. He talks about, he talks about the beginning. He talks about this is the man that we're supposed to follow. There's this guy, John the Baptist, who, who leads us into it. But this is ultimately this man, Jesus Christ lays down the foundation of what our faith is and he emphatically at the beginning talks about this word again logos is kind of what you brought or logos is what you brought up before yeah and if you look into the greek again logos has several different meanings again uh, some of them are word truth and also interchangeably used a lot of times for christ um, so that's where our basis kind of starts today, right? It starts there. And I'm going to make, so let's start. Well, second part is I'm going to argue John's talking to two different constituencies, two different viewers. To the Jews, he's saying, I'm tying the Old Testament, the Torah to Jesus. So what, and and in a lot of cases, what what the Jew would have had a different conception of what Jesus is actually going to be. Right. The average Jewish viewer at that, a listener, uh, a follower at that time would have thought Jesus is going to be this physical king. He's going to be the manifestation of David. He's going to come back. He's going to overthrow the Roman oppressors. But John is basically saying, he is what's been foretold in in the prophets, in the Torah, in the Old Testament, what we would call the Old Testament. Right. And he's manifesting that. To the non-Jew, he is saying there's a physical world and there's a spiritual world, and Jesus, which the Greeks, which right. is also the Romans. Yes. The Romans have a Greek, a basically Hellenistic, Hellenistic view, view of the world. They understand the spiritual and the physical. And I would argue that John is saying to those who are not Jewish, Jesus is connecting the physical and the spiritual world together into one. Okay. While he's also telling in, in a very tight narrative what the gospel story is. Right. Right. 
but again, to go back to my the contention that or or the tension I am bringing up is, I believe too many Christians, whether it be pastors or or Jesus followers in the twenty first century, when they hear word of God, they think Bible, and that is all they think, either because they've been taught that or that's all they're that's all they've that's as far as they've gone, and it is broader than that. It includes the it includes what we would call the Bible, but it is not just that. And John's own words would say it's not that. And I base that contention on the number of times I've been in a church where the pastor is walking on the stage and says the word of God. Okay. So tell me I'm wrong. I'm here to tell you that you're wrong. So we're going to talk about a couple of things this evening, and we're going to get Nolan a little bit more involved. So, Nolan, you might want to scoot a little closer to Tim over there. Oh, and drink some, some more of that cocktail. And actually, you don't actually... That barley cocktail. It, what's really fun about tonight is Nolan literally has no idea about any of this stuff. He, I am walking into this <laughs> so He's not been prefaced. And what's funny is that we had a code name for somebody, and we're going to have to toss the code name completely out the window. Because we're going to have to get him completely on page with what it is that we're talking about. All right. All right. New Spirit of the Week. High West. <laughs> Double Rye. So what you want? I want bourbon. I want scotch. I want beer. <laughs> Spirit of the yeah, Week. Yeah, I walked over the shelf and grabbed the cheaper bottle that I have sitting over there. So we're talking about, again, um, scripture... Oh, what is the authority of Scripture and that kind of stuff? No, 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 no. Where does the Word of God end? Yeah, I'm saying the Word is more than the Bible. It's the Holy Spirit and Jesus. Specifically the Holy Spirit, since Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit being what he leave, what's with us after he ascends into heaven. Right, so we talk about the Word of God and who is the Word of God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, that's the... That's that whole dynamic that we're trying to dissect here. Again, people hold up the book and they talk about the book. And when I say the book, we're talking about the holy book, the Christian Bible. And I do want to emphasize Christian Bible um, because of the Hebrew Bible. There's still a Catholic Bible where you have a couple of those extra books out of the Septuagint. Dude, threw me off. There are 14 different canonized versions of the Bible, just right. so we're clear. There are 14 different. Now... They don't agree on what books of the Bible, what the books of the Bible are. However, it would be incorrect to suggest that all fourteen of them vastly disagree on what those fourteen books are. Correct. Right. There are minor disagreements on what those fourteen are. Can I ask before we keep going? When Paul said all Scripture is God breathed. Oh man, that's like five podcasts ago. Okay, but it's part. It's <laughs> no, part of this. But it's, it's you haven't released any of these bitches, right? <laughs> so I don't know what happened five don't podcasts tell, ago. Don't tell our viewers. That. But so back to Paul real quick. Uh, yeah, he was talking about the Torah, right? Like he wasn't talking about uh, Romans. He had to have been talking. Yes, that is a fair question. Yeah, he had to have been because the the New but, Testament was not the New Testament for three hundred years. Yes. So okay. when he's talking, yes. It's really frustrating me for a really long time that I go, you know, oh, hey, uh, Roman says, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, blah, blah, blah. 
and all, all scripture is God breathed. I'm like, you're quoting the same author back to say that it's uh, all okay. from God. You are okay. You heard. and then we can go through the process of canonizing, and they were praying over it. And these are the 66 books we came up with that are the Word of God. But they, you I, have mega IPA and high west whiskeyed your ass into the actual discussion of tonight, which is what is the scripture? I've had beer since the last. How and how important is it? Because it is important. I'm not saying well, it's not important. But I, but I'm arguing that we limit ourselves by only saying what we, what informs us what to do, can be found simply from the scripture, because I I find it hard to believe that God operates that the that all wisdom ends at 350 BC. So that becomes the question that we're going to. Be which is a lot of people. What a lot of people argue. Whatever so, you're gonna. Whatever you. Whatever answers your question is in this ancient text. Yeah. So you said, yes. However, and what we will get to when we talk about Joseph, the problem with that is when you go too far off the Bible trail and only it's Joseph and Jesus talking to each other and the crazy shit that ensues. So let's get into that a little bit. Okay, so for first off, what we want to talk about is... And Tim knows, and everybody that's listened to all of our podcasts up to this point will know that. Thank you, all five of you. Yes, all five of you that have listened up to, to this podcast up until this point, you will know that Colton has um, very interesting um, takes on the Bible that are not extremely popular. But I will give an advocate for tonight's conversation where it is like, if you continually question the Bible's um, jurisdiction and which I've done right authority like, the authority right like we talked about like I don't necessarily believe in the very literal aspect of the Genesis story we we both agreed on that I was like I don't necessarily believe in oh, oh. Sorry. <laughs> there's there's a lot of stuff where it's like okay this is this this is what I'm trying to explain to you we talked about revelation for a little bit where I was like that's not that's a very first said dragons, but it definitely was airplanes. Shut <laughs> up. Yes. That's a first century outlook at what they're talking about. Again, if you look at a podcast. They have anything to compare it to. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. That's right. John had John saw air F twenty twos and he said, Black dragons. I fucking hate both of you. <laughs> you guys are the worst people on the planet. Anyways. Was it T- Tim LaHaye? He's my he's my god. Yeah, he's talking about the Left Behind Left series. Behind series. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, Kurt Cameron made a movie about that one. Yes, time. Uber yeah. dispensationalism. <laughs> Yay! Yeah, Tim, Tim and Nolan are gonna get raptured, and Colton's gonna be left behind. You're gonna be left behind. So tonight, what we're focusing on is this idea of what is God breathed. As Nolan said, what is this scripture where we're talking about where, what is, and I do think when we talk about it, what is this divine authority that the scripture possesses over our lives? Um, And how much of it dictates what we do? That's the key part. What, what is dictating our lives in 21st century? And I'm going to say it matters in 21st century America because things have dramatically changed in the last 
150, 20 years, our world has dramatically changed quite a bit. How much we, we lean on the Bible as much as we can, but how much of that is leaning on the Holy Spirit telling us as individuals in a church how to adapt in the world that we currently live in? So I think I'm going to start. And off. if we just lean on the Bible as being the word of God, I think that leads us into some bad decisions. So I think first off, what we need to establish is, again, we need to talk about kind of, um, and I'm going to lead into this and then uh, I'm going to ask you guys some questions um, to where both of you guys will hopefully um, indulge a little bit and, and explain a little bit more. So first off, we want to talk about um, what are the important parts of Scripture, right? Like when we, Tim and I have talked about before, we we believe in what we are a part of, which is this Jesus-centered uh, church. Um, and what does that mean exactly, right? And, and we're going to talk about what a Christ-centered lifestyle means and that kind of stuff. And and we're gonna and we're gonna use it for our for our purposes, and we're gonna. Uh, talk about it on a podcast and that kind of stuff. But tonight, we're going to be talking a little bit more about, again, this whole aspect of what Scripture means in our context and in our world, um, and how much it's supposed to have an impact on what we do. And so, to start this conversation, we want to talk about what it is that Jesus has outlined for us, and actually where we find this is what, we, what we've talked about before in several episodes is this passage in Galatians where we talk about there is nothing that we can do to earn God's righteousness because we've talked about how there is a huge concern from our world for salvation. Yeah. There is a huge push to know whether or not we are going to heaven or hell because people want to know about their sanctification. And so... Well, let me interject. There's a Christian side. Yeah. I would say the the uh, current. We'll just speak of America. Sure. The American church is focused on a, a worry that we're sanctified enough, we've done enough to be saved in order to be to see an afterlife, and that is a big concern by a lot of us. Yeah. I will also say. There is a secular part of the world that does not believe in Jesus, which equally believes in what are the things, the tropes, the the tropes that I believe in, the shibboleths, all the, the the whole the list of things that I have done or have not done, which which demonstrate that I am worthy enough. Right. Which all so. equally. And so tonight's conversation is about that area that you're talking about right like that is that second part that you just talked about that is what is tonight's conversation right we're looking at the at the book of james where he talks about faith without deeds is dead well what are the deeds that i need to perform what are the things that i need to do to set my life apart because this is what my pastor is asking me to do on a regular basis that is what we are asking Right? Like, you don't get to be a part of the faith in most people's eyes unless you do X, Y, and Z. All right, let's just spell it out. If you were a teenager growing up in a church, you were told if you have sex before marriage, you are not a Christian. 
Correct? Sure. That is pretty much how it's laid out. Am I incorrect on that? I wouldn't say that Cosine. I wouldn't that, say not necessarily that you're you're not a Christian. That is the but... that is the that is the belief that the that the teenagers in a youth group are feeling. Sure. And they might be feeling something that the church is I'll just be I'll be really fair about this. That might be something that the church doesn't intend intend actually intend for them for, to believe, but they are believing either because their parents are Christians and or their church that they go to is you have sex before marriage when you're a teenager. You're not living out your faith. You're not a, r- a real Christian. Oh, not just when you're a teenager. Just in general. All right. Even better. <clears throat> before before the, the man says, to thee wed. Correct. No go. Correct. And right. it's fine. Yes. Right. The youth pastor that I've grown up with says yes, and now, now, we, can get, now we can get busy. That's an easy one. Right. The difficult ones are the one we talked about last week. Well, I got two two friends, and I've known them my entire life, and they're gay. And one of them is about to get married. And I'm told I can't go to their gay wedding because I'm now condoning all of homosexuality. Well, I'm told my Bible says that that is a mortal sin, and so I can't be a part of any any of that. Because of this thing that I read, that someone's telling me that's what it says. Right. So anyways, okay, so we're going to be talking tonight about, okay, so we talked about, we talked about the, the, what is the divine authority of the scriptures and that kind of stuff. Um, and what is the divine authority of God, right? Do the, do the miracles stop at God? Do, do the prophets stop in what? Well, wait, wait. Is the word just the Bible, or is it more than that? Right, and so that's what I'm saying. Is do the prophets do the does everything stop at Jesus? Right. We had Paul, who was a eyewitness to Jesus Christ, or to people that were eyewitnesses to Jesus Christ, and so we only have those. That's it. Just in the next 100 years, that's it for Jesus' miracles. That's it for God's miracles. That's it for His message. Let's be really crude. Let's be really. Let's be very crude about. If someone believes this, that the Word of God is the Bible, and that's it. Everything that needed to be said was in the Bible. This is what you believe. Everything was written before Jesus, and a couple decades after Jesus, and then a council of men. For those of you, I don't think anybody listening to this give a shit about whether or not it was men or women, but we'll just say it. A group of men, 300 plus years later, get together and they argue from their cultural point of view, which I would argue is a Roman point of view. I don't think that's incorrect to throw that in there, that these are the books that we are going to say is the Holy Scripture. But it's only a Roman point of view just means it's a Western point of view. Uh, Western civilization is... I would push back a little bit about that because I think the early church, more than we think it did, got infused with religion more than Jesus intended. I think what Tim is getting at is a modern Western point of view versus what you were talking about, which is this Western perspective. This is where a lot of that whole concept gets developed to where... I agree with Nolan in the aspect that modern Westernism would not be developed without 
those original selections that were made during that time to which it becomes this Western perspective, which then influenced all of the westernized culture. Um, because, well, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Right, because, I, I mean, like, if we look at the medieval times, right, because we look at uh, Rome is, is, is sacked shortly thereafter. Um, Jerusalem never gets rebuilt. Rome gets rebuilt years and years and years and years and years later. You know, you have this whole situation that happens, right? And... But still, what becomes the text that be- that becomes the juggernaut for the faith? You don't think so? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut. So, in my point, I'm gonna cut to it now, and we're probably too soon to cut to it. Go but our, our mutual friend Joseph. Can we give the story on Joseph before we get started? I'm I'm gonna give some background, Joseph. Um, by the story I'm gonna tell. So Joseph was a, a junior high pastor at a church we're f- familiar with. And to my point, Joseph decided after a couple years leading the junior high group that he needed to start telling all the junior high kids that all of the holidays that they like to celebrate were not Christian holidays. They were Roman holidays and pagan holidays. Now, which is not. It's Joseph correct. Joseph is not wrong. I was like, Joseph is correct on that. Joseph is correct. But one, junior high kids are not equipped to handle that information. And two, he took it too far. That is my point when I say Look, I don't mean I don't mean to say we gotta throw out the scripture that we have. Because people three hundred years later from Rome Roman Catholic perspective decided to what we would call Roman Catholic, decided to make that canon. But it is a worldview. So, okay, so what's really fun for tonight's uh, yeah. podcast is we get to go a little twofold tonight. So um, the guy that we're talking about tonight, is his name's Joseph. Um, Joseph was, again, this, this junior high youth pastor... Um, at this church that uh, we attended. Everybody loved him. Everybody loved Everybody him. Loved him. Loved him. But, and here's Was I always supposed to be a part of this conversation? About no. Joseph? No, you weren't. No. no. Just happenstance. It just happenstance. Just happenstance. You showed up here. So, <laughs> Nolan and I were both 7th uh, and 8th grade uh, during the height of Joseph's uh, junior high ministry. Joseph is the reason I went to this church. Is I got to know him because he would come to our school, and he would hang out with us at lunch on Tuesdays. Let, okay, so let's tell some stories about Joseph before we shit on Joseph. No, just so I, we, I'm, so, I'm so, no, just shit so everyone. No, well, we criticize him. Two, uh, like I, uh, so like, I, so I, I had a son who was not quite junior, junior high. Maybe like I don't think he was quite there, but because of who I. I was in leadership at the church. I knew about Joseph. Joseph was also of older college, uh, young adult age, and I, my wife and I were leading young adult group, so he would show up when he wasn't doing junior high group. He would show up to our group, and there was one night when we were hosting a young adult college group thing at our house. Two Mormons showed up at the house just to knock on the door, and Joseph went out 
for the rest of the night, just ignored the party we were we were throwing and had a three hour conversation on the front yard of our house uh, with the Mormons out on the front because he was interested <laughs> in what they were selling. I would say selling. Well, and Joseph was he as part of his graduation studies that he did for his Bible degree was he actually did um, he did an in-depth homeless uh, uh, study where he actually uh, became a homeless man um, in order enough to continue his studies. So, I forgot about that. So he legitimately um, he stopped living with he was living with a family in town that he that he was a part a family that he was a part of like he was a part of that family. And he stopped living with them for a couple of months, and he legitimately went and was a homeless person in, um, in a city a couple of uh, about an hour north of us. And so he was there. He he slept on roo- he slept on rooftops because nobody would bother him if he slept on a rooftop. Um, and he and he befriended a lot of homeless people. Um, there was a lot of stuff that kind of went on with him. He was just a very eccentric guy. We just very much wanted to be a part of and understand um, these people that were entering the faith um, and, and kind of their struggles and stuff. And, and he was phenomenal. And I, I think no one's got a, a couple of bits. He, he, he once rode his bike from Tulare to Fresno and back. With, with books in his bag. <laughs> and this was not a mountain bike or a road bike. This was a BMX, BMX trick bike. Single gear. Just rode it up. Going through Reedley and stuff. Rode his bike all the way to Fresno back. Um, when I was in... I think... I had to be in high school. I think we were no, in high No, I think we were in junior high. No, he was in junior high when he was finishing up. So he did it while we were in junior high. Oh, that was while we were in junior high. But when we were, I think we had to be in high school, uh, but it was before I could drive, so freshman, sophomore year, we, uh, there was like an all-nighter type thing at his house. Yeah. And we went, and it was the first time I ever watched Wayne's World, and uh, we went about six blocks over and TP'd another member of the church's house. Yeah. And uh, that guy's neighbor came out and threatened us with a baseball bat. Yeah. And we ran back to that house and we sat up on the roof all night seeing if the cops were chasing us. Yeah. Uh, he was fun more than anything. He I, was really fun. That's how I associate him. He loved motorbikes. I never, we had a group of uh, folks in our church called, I call them the Desert Rats. I don't know what they call themselves, but it was a group of families that were Desert Rats. They went out, they had fifth wheels and motorbikes. And every story I heard about Joseph was he was like a billy goat on a motor. He would do things that his uncle literally thought and his best friends thought was impossible on a motor on a BMX bike was impossible. And he just do it like the man didn't fear death. He did not fear death. And he also to bring this back, he was that way in his faith. He yeah. did not care about, he didn't care. Unfortunately, that, that was what was, it was that kind of kid who said, 
Yeah, that whole uh, <laughs> that whole Halloween thing. It's just <laughs> it's a pagan holiday, and and by the way, Christmas and Easter that's a pagan holiday too, which junior high kids aren't really uh, equipped to handle. And they're really not equipped to handle to go home and tell their parents who've never heard that either. And and the parents get told for the first time Christmas and Easter are based around a Roman pagan holiday. Still not wrong. <laughs> they're still not wrong, but it's just TMI. TMI. So we... So... And what's important about this conversation is... And I think we've shared enough about Joseph. I... And here, and here's where it comes to with our conversation tonight about Joseph and and why it comes to a head is Joseph had a falling out. Um, we and 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 Tim's kind of alluded to it a couple of times. And and what's important is, I hope that when you listen to this podcast and what we talk about for the next half hour is you understand how much Tim had respect and love for Joseph. Um, based off of, again, that, that, that situation that happened at his house with the Mormons, um, and that kind of stuff. But he's a hundred percent honest. And the reason why I know that what Tim is talking about is the truth is that actually my little sister is the same age as Tim's youngest son, who was a part of that, um, that same conversation that happened on a Wednesday night. Um... And where something, uh, something had been going wrong with Joseph for a little bit, um, our head youth pastor at the time had had to have a couple of conversations with Joseph, and he was like, "Hey, we're gonna need to to get you out of here." And before Joseph left. Uh, Joseph gave a particularly, um, (laughs) you're being very, I'll be very to the point of what happened with Joseph. Unique lesson. But, but nice, but nice. Okay. Can I do that? Well, I mean, like. Or you you finish and then I'll. I would just say that, again, I don't view Joseph with graduation goggles where I view him as this perfect person or this whole idea. I understand that Joseph had flaws and Nolan views that he has flaws and that's what breaks our heart. Um, And so it's very hard when we have to listen to the story. Um, And and it, it doesn't mean that it needs to be shared. Don't, don't not tell your aspect of the story. No, no, I I think this needs to be told. I think this is the most Christian story sure. we've told yet on the podcast. Aside from, um, never mind. Go. So, Joseph basically believe became be, came to believe that he was a prophet. Yeah. And his. his his telling of the story is, and this is where we're getting back to the the word, the logos part of the conversation in a very long-winded way. He did not believe that the word was useful anymore and that he was talking directly to God, to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And all revelation was coming through him. So 
some of you are listening to that and saying that's crazy. Yes. And okay, and it is. What I want to, where I want to, I want to put a pin on that and say this is a very human story. I don't know, and I still don't know, and I and I'm gonna. Peop, you can disagree. Colt can disagree. Other people can disagree. I'm gonna go to my grave saying I don't know if that is. <clears throat> there is a there is a part of the world that says that is a mental illness, and that is that is the way to understand that. And there is another part of the world to say that says that I think we sometimes limit that says, no, that's what happens when you go off the rails and don't keep the guardrails in. He was, look, and the, the I, argument for the mental illness side of it is uh, he was 26, 27, something like that when he went off the rails, which is also the prime age that uh, schizophrenics go crazy, basically. Um, and his father also had similar issues, which were attributed to something else. Yes, but I it was always suspicious that it was something else. So I'm not discounting, no. but I think it's all. I think it's likely mental illness. But for this discussion, let's use this as a an important thing of. My original argument was we limit ourselves when we only limit the word of God to be what we read in our Bible. The Bible is useful. The Bible is useful because it tells us how other people have dealt with problems. It doesn't mean necessarily that is a way that is informative of how I deal with my problem. But if we throw out the Bible and we just use what we think we are speaking to we think we're speaking to the holy spirit and what the holy spirit tells us that then can lead us to joseph and uh, bob jones and i hate to say it joseph smith and people going off the rails and having their own complete different interpretation that is way outside the bounds so who's bob jones I didn't mean Bob Jones. I meant uh, the dude in Guyana who took a bunch of cult people down, talking, speaking about Jesus, and they drank the literally drank Kool Aid, and they all died. What was oh. his name? Uh, anyway, it's nineteen seventy-nine. Bob Jones was a, a president of a university. Uh, anyway, continue. Anyways, so i think what's really difficult is when we're talking about this particular subject and we're talking about joseph and and joseph is used as a again what we're talking about is this broader picture of where you've taken things too far where you've sat there and you said the bible is not the only divine authority there is other like god can intervene and so he intervenes through me now here's my question to both of you, actually. As we read scripture and we look at the prophet, and this prophet is considered a part of the Bible. So we look at the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah would get naked in the streets for two years. Got naked in the streets. Something that was completely... Shameful in the eyes of the Lord, according to the Old Testament and the original law that was provided. 
the Torah, if you will. So he gets naked in the streets. It's God's will, and he's presenting God's message that he says. And he gets out there naked every single day, and he says that you will be more naked than this because of the sins that you have committed. And for those of you that have never seen uh, Joseph's videos, you'll know that he has a very similar kind of profound message in his videos that he posts online. Oh, and then I know this. Yeah, it's not in that exact same way. I haven't watched them in about 10 years. They popped up on my Facebook one time. That's when they probably would pop on Facebook. Yeah. They popped up on my Facebook. With, like, Chinese uh, uh, subtitles. With 1.2 million views. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's not good. good. <laughs> I was like... Eh. It was, it <laughs> it's was a tiny th- percent of the population, but it's a lot more than I, th- I would have expected. Did you say a tiny percent of the population? Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a third of one percent. Uh, yeah, I think that's... But think about the... Closer, correct math. Think of the population in the United States... Anyways, <laughs> it's the it's the greater um, Fresno metro area, yeah. basically. I, maybe he's promoting it. I don't know. No, uh, yeah, he's probably gotten that many organic views. But that was the thing: was the way that it popped up there was not through any natural means that would be from an algorithm of any sort. It it popped up through a natural algorithm for me. I was like, it might have been through like a natural algorithm, but it wasn't like any of my friends had like liked or commented on. No, no, no. it it was was like it was the infinity scroll or whatever. Right. Can I ask? Can I ask a where? So let me ask a crazy question. Sure. At the risk of going off the rails of where we were going before this, which would you rather have? A top-down monolithic view of Christianity or a view of Christianity that has uh, Joseph, which I think all three of us would agree is a false prophet who gets 1.3 million views. I'll take the first one. It sounds a lot easier. <laughs> all right. That's that's fair enough. Think about switching to Catholicism. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> I gotta be third chair for this podcast. <laughs> Comedic relief, if nothing else. So the first, so the first one is what I would take. I'm giving you. I'm look. It's it's an unfair question. I'm giving Wait, you of, oh, of the oh. two. I'm, of the two. Which one was the first one? The top Catholics. down view. Oh, never mind. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> that's not fair. You're blaming the Catholics. I would say even the Protestants are just top as top down. I just couldn't remember which one was the first. No, but there's a very clear top with the Catholics. Yeah, is there? He he wears a pointy hat. Yeah, there is a top. But the current Pope is not really on board with the last Pope, so I'm not sure how clear it used as it used to be. Uh, Where do we stand on which one we choose? I would choose Joseph as. If, if you're given the really lousy choice of those two. Yeah, absolutely. I understand where Nolan's coming from where he says it's easy. I think he's kidding. So the the preference is it's it's a cheap 
it's a cheap uh, question, but if I only had to choose two, would rather have the Josephs of the world speaking some heresy rather than a monolithic Christianity that just tells everyone, go do this and go do that. Right, but here's my question. And again, we haven't given a lot of background information about Nolan, and so I want Nolan to answer this question first. Is What is it that tells us that Joseph is incorrect in his statements? He contradicts what we know God has said in the Bible. If we, if we say that the Bible is the word, and we agree that the Bible is is uh, I've I going back to the very beginning of the podcast. I have a hard say, no. Say I have a hard saying. time with the Bible is inerrant. I think it is, but I don't know it is. Like because, like we also all you guys agreed, however many weeks ago. And I co-signed earlier, uh, Genesis, the creation story, interpretive. Revelation, they were definitely airplanes. Stuff like that. So I'm not, I'm not saying that the Bible is inerrant, but God doesn't contradict himself. And uh, uh, Joseph contradicts God in his teachings. And so therefore, that is why he, he's not right. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay. But how does that make him different than Isaiah? Right? We have this prophet Isaiah who's doing something in the street that is against the scriptures up until that point, right? We have this Hebrew Bible where it is not acceptable to be naked. It is this whole thing where there is this message. And if you listen to Joseph's teachings on YouTube, where he gets 1.2 million views... He is constantly trying to convince the nation that you are wrong. This idea of we need to be free of sin, right? That's been one of his biggest messages. Is So how does that, right? Because Isaiah, again, contradicted what uh, the word was in Torah or the, the scriptures of the Torah. So what is it that he is doing that makes things so much more... What, what is the problem with what he's doing? If he says he's a prophet, what makes him different than Isaiah? Okay. That, I think a lot of people are going to listen to this and think that's a really stupid question. But it's not really a stupid question if you actually know your New Testament. Because Paul talks about people prophesying. But do the prophets still exist? Do they or do they not? And Well, let's just... People, <laughs> Does speaking in tongues still exist? Here's something that I think is extremely important for us to talk about, where it's like there are aspects of the faith that we believe don't exist anymore. A large population of the Christian faith believes that that aspect of the faith does not exist anymore. If you're the, yeah, if you're listening to this tongues, and you're a Calvinist, you and you do not believe, you believe that speaking in tongues literally ended the day of the Pentecost. Prophecy doesn't exist anymore. Correct. Even though that is nowhere found in Scripture. It's not found in Scripture, but if you ask people... Wait, what's not found in Scripture? It's like, prophecy ending. Ending. Right. In no, fact, it's not found. In fact, 
if you <laughs> I was like, somehow we're supposed to believe that it ended when Jesus ascended into heaven, but yet Paul still talked about Paul and Timothy are talking about the gift of prophecy. I think both of them are. Yeah. At least one of them is. Right, and but that, and we can say, oh, well, prophecy. And we still say it's a spiritual. No, no. Gift. What we do is we're like, oh, prophecy means something else than what than what you think it means. It does not mean speaking in tongues. Now, if you're listening to this and you're a Holy Ghost person, let's point out the fact that if the Bible also says if you're going to speak in tongues, someone's got to be there to interpret for you. You can't just be shamalama ding dong and talking and i'm speaking in tongues and if no one else in the room knows what you're saying that's not real either right and we've t- i i don't know if we talked about it but i mean again what tongues was used for as far as what scripture has revealed that tongues have been used for is for the ability to mass communicate across people that don't understand the same language right i'm and i'm just gonna say it right now i'm neither anti nor Pro tongues that, that I don't I don't care about that part of it. But we were talking about prophesy, and it was a, and it was a good that was a good discussion. That was a good question. What part of it are we supposed to believe in? Are we supposed to? Uh, so, wow. No, that's a good question. Uh, and I mean, Nolan's been hard at work on his phone, and I don't know if he's ready or not. But I am trying to find. I have messages from Joseph on my phone somewhere. I'm trying to find them. Oh my goodness! Yeah, he has messages from Joseph on his phone. Just so we're clear, Joseph, this whole debacle that we're discussing this evening happened when uh, Nolan and I were juniors in high school. We haven't been juniors in high school. For eleven years, ten years, but well, and my and I brought up this. This was my topic no, no, for the no, no, night. No, no, no. We were seniors in high school ten years ago, Nolan. That's why our ten year reunion is this year. You're invited to. Uh, yeah, to I saw that. <laughs> what was really funny was you got invited, and I didn't know you were invited. But they said invite the people that you think should be a part of this and I was like I'll invite Nolan and I went through it and I was like damn it he's already invited Nikki's already got Nikki invited, invited me <laughs> yeah, I was like, from the jump there, when I got the invite there was four people in that Facebook group <laughs> and I was like I didn't go to high school there <laughs> so awesome I'm not going to my high school reunion I'm not going to yours <laughs> I'll see what the party's like <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> He'll be there, ladies and gentlemen. Depends on the venue. Yeah. I don't think it really does. <laughs> no, no. I don't know. It's been, I've been to a couple of Danicas. It depends on the venue. With Nolan, it really doesn't. <laughs> well, with Nolan, that might not. Uh, okay, so... It could be in Pixley, and he'd literally be like, I'm there. <laughs> we need to wrap this up. Right. Somehow. I don't know how we're going to wrap this up, because I think this has been a... Okay. Uh, if you're still listening to this episode let alone this far into this episode this was kind of a i'm gonna apologize but i'm also not gonna apologize this was us us thinking aloud episode can we say that nolan you agree with that and i'm gonna and i'm i want to say that because i don't think enough christians feel like they have the the ability to just think aloud and Say some things that might make people feel uncomfortable, including themselves, and say, for instance, is the Bible the only word of God, or 
is it more than that? And my point when we started this was, I think it's the Holy Spirit as well. Now, you, what we were trying to get at with the story of Joseph was, there's got to be some checks. You've got to be able to check yourself. And if what your revelation is with the Holy Spirit is beyond what Jesus left us with 2,000 years ago, I would say you are outside the bounds. And I don't, in the specific case of Joseph, Joseph's revelation is that we should all be perfect. Yes, his revelation. And that is not in any way biblical in what Jesus intended. That is, in fact, anti-Jesus. But to be fair to Joseph, To be fair. To be fair. So to be fair to Joseph. I was just shocked you were going to to be fair Joseph. I just saw all my Facebook messages from when I was in high school. (laughs) I have so much anxiety right now. (laughs) Because I had to look at every single one that said Facebook user. Because those are all people I'm not friends with anymore. And that was a tough scene. (laughs) When it comes to... Him and what was revealed to him as he says is that as sad as it is for this situation for Nolan and I and even for you because again here's something that's important that again I want to reiterate is that my little sister was the same age as your son when uh when this particular person went off the deep end, when Joseph went off the deep end, and we were in, we were both juniors in high school, we loved him. We worked with him on a regular basis, like every single day. He was a guy that 100%, it was, he drew people to him. This was the largest junior high youth ministry that we had ever seen. He was a junior high youth pastor, and it was literally like 60 to 80 people would just flock to him. And he would just have this way with students. Um, And he had this revelation in his mind that this is what was happening. And what was sad was this is a revelation that a lot of people actually feel. Oh, this is a good point. I didn't know you are going here. Is that God expects perfection from those... Seek him, and that if they don't meet that perfection, which was according to him on his last sermon or his last speech that he gave to the junior high students, to which your son was present and my little sister was present, is that you're going to hell. If you don't meet this perfectionist idea that God has presented. Right? He's shown us the way, so therefore we need to be better and we need to be perfect. And I don't know to this day whether or not Joseph is actually perfect in this in this world that he's created for himself out there. My guess is that he's not. Because I believe that it is impossible for us as humans to live a perfect life. But if you were to ask him, he would say that it is completely possible. You just have to do what is necessary. 
I feel like we should have put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. To our knowledge, Joseph is alive, healthy, and happy living in the mountains. We we don't we don't talk to him, we don't know. I am ninety nine percent confident of that based on some a conversation a couple of months ago. I've got a little bit more information. Oh, okay. I haven't heard anything from he is yeah he's alive and healthy and he's well. happy okay. healthy i was like there was a situation so we can disclose it a little bit more uh, we'll just talk about it now we'll cut it yeah, out i was like joseph's grandpa died yes uncle reached out to him he didn't want to answer we all knew that joseph is a junior high uh teacher in Mariposa. Really? Yeah. And he does really well. He doesn't try to communicate his stuff. He's still doing his YouTube videos and that kind of stuff. But it's, he's, as far as everybody that has talked about his life up there, he's been a little bit more inviting. He had uh, his uncle come up and see him, which was the first time since he left here. And so him and his aunt went up there, and they went up and they talked with him for a while. They were allowed on the compound. Yeah, and it was and it was good. And they said like it was fine. It was like talking to Joseph all over again, um, which was good for them because so I know because he did, literally didn't want anything to do with it. And if you if you know. Mine and Nolan's story, again, working with him, and there's a person that loved him more deeply than anybody else could have, even his uncle and his aunt. Yeah. And you talk to this person, his heart breaks every time you bring him up, is Brandon, this guy, and nothing but absolute love for this person. And Brandon was able to talk to him. Was? Yeah. And it was, you know, and, and so they were able to kind of communicate for a little bit and, and that kind of stuff. And because that guy had written Brandon off for a long time and, and, and didn't talk to him at all. Um, and again, a lot of this has to come from... All that being said, tonight, guys, it, it, oh, we've been all over the place, but we got to deal with, you know... We have personal experiences with a lot of stuff that that we're talking about. I don't think this was a helpful episode. My my intent was to let people know don't limit themselves by what they read in the Bible. And I think what we focused on more is, which is perfectly appropriate, you can go off the deep end if you go the other way um, but I think where we ended up was was really good yeah no I think it was good because because I don't have an answer to to I don't I, I don't my side of the argument was kind of thinking out loud I, I still stick by what I say I think we we need to lean more on prayer and Holy Spirit and all that. I get. Let me. Let me. Uh, let me sum up my argument this way. You sum up, then I'll sum up. And then there you go. 
I think the modern American church relies too much on the Bible as a how-to book to tell me what to do. And I think the Bible is more of a history book to tell us how people dealt with the problems they had and how they dealt with them and how that informs us. And we need to rely more on the Holy Spirit to tell us how to deal with our issues, whether they be small ones like how do I deal with my family issue or a big one like how do I deal with uh, gay marriage or whatever. But that has always got to be checked by what we read about Jesus in the... we The three of us agree that the inerrancy of the... I think... I'm going to speak for the three of us. You can tell me. I think Nolan, I know Colton would agree with this. My view of the inerrancy of the Holy, of the Bible is not a literal one. It is a symbolic one, but it's still a meaningful one. The point of Genesis is not that it was created, the world was created in so many days. It was that God created it. He created man and man and woman in his image. He created everything else in the universe. And as long as we know that, it keeps us in a frame of mind that is that is worthwhile knowing. We and then there's other stories in the Old Testament that seem crazy to us, like the flood and all that. Those stories inform us as to how God thinks, how how God dealt with things, and more importantly, how man, how bad man was, and why Jesus had to come. So I would say. The inerrancy of the Bible is that Jesus was there from the beginning, he was there in the middle, and he's there at the end in the in the in the Bible, and he is here with us today. And as long as we are letting the Holy Spirit uh, in our prayer and just talking to God, which is a better way of I think today of saying prayer, just like I don't know what to do. As long as we can self-check that with the Bible, we're probably okay. It's a really crude way of trying to wrap it up on my part. I'm sorry. Mine's going to be worse. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll try to land this plane, I guess. (laughs) Let me tell you something. All right, so. I walked into this zero preparation. I walked into this raw... I had no idea what was going on. Uh, all that being said, uh, as Tim was saying a minute ago, you know, God created the earth. I think the stories of the Bible hold truths, truths that we can take lessons from. Uh, you know, trust God through the hardships from Job. When we are talking about the divine authority of the scriptures, there is a lot of amazing things that will come from the scriptures. And, and, and again, I, I am the most active participant of saying that you should question um, this book that has been sanctified in a lot of people's mind. There's um, an unopened water bottle. <laughs> um to where this is something that is holier than holy and cannot be tampered with. 
I would disagree. I think that there are a lot of things that there's a lot of mistakes, there's a lot of problems that come through the Bible, but that doesn't mean that when we look at who Jesus is revealed to be, and Tim's raising his hand because he wants to say something at the you end. Finish, so, yeah, I know you were going to let me finish. When we look at who Jesus is revealed to be and we look at the ultimate revelation of Jesus Christ, this is what we have. And again, we look continuously at the people that were closest to him. So if you don't want to if you don't want to believe the gospels because you look at the stats and you look at the statistics and you look at the historical evidence that points whether or not those four books were written in the time frame, then look at the writings of Paul. Because those are the closest we're going to get to Jesus. Those are always, those manuscripts are always going to be the closest that we are going to get because the other ones weren't written until way later. And so we look at those manuscripts and we see what Paul has written and those letters that he wrote and we see the true character of who Jesus is. And through that process, we need to mimic him. When we look at Romans, when we look at Galatians, when we look at Corinthians, what is he trying to present? And through those messages that he presents, we should see the ultimate revelation of who God's character is. And so all things that come after that, if we believe that there's no prophets, if we believe that there's none of this, if people are constantly trying to acknowledge the fact or the message that Jesus proclaimed and that Paul reinforced, then why not listen to that message that that person is trying to present? You listen to your pastor every damn Sunday. Why the hell can't you listen to somebody else out there? If their message aligns more, and some of these people that come out there and they say what they're going to say is more aligned with what Jesus was talking about, what Paul was talking about more than some pastors are. A lot of pastors are out there in the United States. And so it's worth a listen, in my opinion. Tim, what do you got? Oh, so the only thing, it's not a disagreement. I would just say, when we're talking about the Bible, there's this, there's this, there's the phrase of the inerrancy of the Bible. And I, I actually agree with the inerrancy of the Bible. I just disagree with what that means with Probably 90% of what American Christians believe that means. And I would crudely define what most Christian American Christians believe that to be is God dictated words to people and they wrote it down. And that's not what it is. And my view of the Bible is human people, humans, fallible people, trying to describe their interaction, whether it be in the New Testament or their understanding of God in the Old Testament. And it is not a perfect, every time it is not a perfect interpretation of what that interaction or understanding of what God is. But at the end of the day, it is a correct one. Yeah. John's description of what Jesus said is not a literal description of what Jesus said. 
when he in whatever story you want to lay out or Luke's or Matthew's or Mark's and in a lot of, and the reason why we have four gospels and not one is each one of those authors had a different view of Jesus because they are human they are not just note takers God's writing down notes they are human they had human interpretations of the Messiah they are interacting with. Right. And in 21st century America or in the world anywhere in the world, we are allowed to read our Bible, interact with the Holy Spirit, pray, and try to understand the best we can, not outside the the the, the guide rails of the Bible, of what is laid out in the Bible what our faith means in today's in today's world yeah yeah Yeah. and if if you're listening to this and you're like that doesn't help me at all yeah that's the that's the point this isn't (laughs) being being a christian is not is not a an easy bake oven solution to the problem It'd be so much better if it was. It'd be so much better if it was. But God, being who he is, likes people struggling, and he wants us to struggle. And so even being a follower of Jesus is a struggle. If you're still listening to this, we thank you. If you have not yet, please rate and review this podcast, the Go to Hell podcast, on your podcast app of choice. If you have comments criticisms, questions, please email us at Tim at GoToHellPodcast.com or Colton at GoToHellPodcast.com. You guys have a website? If you have any problems with Nolan being on our podcast tonight, well, you know what? If you have any problems with anything Nolan said, please send those those questions or comments or problems to directly to our Twitter so everyone can see them at go to hell pod. And if you have nothing to say about Nolan and his wonderful drunken guest uh, appearance, you can Dude, just I could drive right now. Go to hell. <laughs>